Hello, welcome back to the Oasis Podcast. We're so excited to be back. Um, it's been a couple weeks. Well, I guess we were back last week, but a couple weeks off for Christmas, so we're excited to be back. So today I am Jaina, and I'm here with my friend Brennan. What up, Oasis people? Whoa. We're kind of switching it up a little bit, and then we're we're missing our third, our third guy. Ah, <laughs> third guys. Yeah, no, we could. We've tagged in a couple. That's true. Third, third wings. Yeah. Oh, we're <laughs> here. Wings. We are here, the two of us. So I got this. I got a fun opening question for you. I hope you got a really good story coming from this. But okay. Um, tell us about your first crush. Oof. See, I, I, I feel like I've always been a romantic, but not in the sense of like Nicholas Sparks. Okay. I just have always had romantic feelings. Okay. I've been a feeler. I've been a, I've been a feeler. I've been a feeler. Uh, Sound like Ben. So I don't know if it was kindergarten. I think I was pretty mm. into hanging out with the boys in kindergarten. Oh, yeah. I got, I submit, mm-hmm. One of my friends who I had through high school, I met in kindergarten, which is oh, pretty that's crazy. Awesome. Um, for a big school district too, mm-hmm. you know, like I didn't go to, yeah. I went to school with hundreds of kids. Yeah. Uh, but it was probably... First or second grade, maybe third, maybe mm. third. Okay, it's somewhere in there. I yeah, started yeah. to have my first crush, and there was this set of twins. Oh boy! And I liked one of them, okay. and my best friend oh. he liked the other one. What the setup? And so it was ordained <laughs> from heaven for us to have these crushes. Oh, I know it was for sure by third grade, but I think it started mm, in, in, in second, second grade because in third grade my buddy's mom wanted us to take them on a date. <laughs> Like a little double date. Like a little double date. I think date. you've told me about this before, now it, that you say that. We were going to go see the Hannah Montana movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I was like, I told my mom, I was like, she wants us to go on a date. Like, I'm not ready for this. Mom's like, you could say no. And I was like, okay, I have to say it. Like, I was so nervous. Yes. I was freaking out. Not at all. I did not want to go. I just wanted to have this crush at school, you know, someone yeah, to play yeah. with at the playground, you know. Yeah, like, you just want to chase them around. Someone's got, yeah, I got Maybe you sit next together at lunch. <laughs> so then I had that crush through, this is probably too much, too more information than you needed. <laughs> But I had that crush on her for probably second to fourth grade. Like it was mm, long. Like wow, we went that is steady. A long one. We went steady. No dates. Oh, because I wasn't ready okay. for that. But long term crush. Long term crush. And Mutual she crushed crush? back. Okay, okay. She crushed back for sure. That's basically a middle school or a elementary school relationship, yeah, right some there. Some high school relationship. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> but then in fifth grade, I don't know what happened. I hit the switch up and. Mm. Uh, I had I had a crush on one of her friends, oh. and we were done. Like I don't know what I yeah. probably I probably messed it up. Like let's be honest, <laughs> but we were done, and I had a crush on one of her friends, and mm. we started emailing because oh. I had an email in fifth grade. Yes, and so we would instant message on Yahoo Messenger. Let's go. And send I remember emails those back days. and forth, and to this day, <laughs> she is my fifth grade crush, <laughs> who we dated into sixth grade, and then I broke up with her because she was in orchestra, and I didn't want to do that. <laughs> Hey, on the orchestra. <laughs> now I think it's so cool, but in sixth grade I was like, because it was nah. nerdy in sixth grade. Yeah, it was like sixth grade. Yeah. You can't be doing that. Yeah, yeah. Like it, she was holding me back. What was cool? What was cool? Orchestra, band, or choir? None. School. Okay. Not for me, but I was. I was. But I'm, didn't you I'm, have to do one of them? You had to take a class for one. Oh. of them. For us, we did. Okay. We didn't have to be in one of them. So oh, okay. I was a sports guy, go. so I yeah. hated on all the musical people, yeah. which is silly. And I take it back, <laughs> and I've repented. The Lord is good to me and his Amen. grace is sufficient. <laughs> but oh, so what I was so this fifth yeah, grade sorry. crush, she's the only person besides my wife who I've been married to for two and a half years who I ever told you I love you. Wow. Sent it over email. Over email. And I think I believed it in fifth grade. <laughs> no lie. Fifth, fifth grade Brennan was he was sold. I was sold. 
So that's an extensive all of my wow. elementary that's school. That's kind of crazy. That middle like, school got yeah. way crazy. Well, I was I all mean, over the place. Middle school is just like hormones are in the air. Oh. <laughs> Puberty was not kind to mo- most middle schoolers. <laughs> That's true. What about you? You got a first crush? Oh, gosh. Um, mine was probably, I think, first grade, too. Okay. He, so I lived in the country, so he was my neighbor, but that mm, meant he lived like half boy. a mile away. <laughs> he wasn't really a country boy, like in the stereotypical way. Mm-hmm. But we rode the bus together, and we had a class together because there was like three classes for okay. each grade or whatever, so we were in class together. And we would sit together on the bus Wow. And I think that's about it. One time he I had friends over and he walked from his house to my house through the woods, like the back way, so like a mile, mm-hmm. just to get to my house. And then my dad was like, You can't have boys over. And so <laughs> I don't know why we did this, but he, he he knew his brother wouldn't come pick him up like in the car because yeah. they didn't want to walk back. So he told <laughs> he told his older brother that my dad had a gun and came out and was like, you guys have to leave. So his oh brother my gosh. Him, which was not true at yeah. all, but it was just like his brother wasn't going to so come So then the cop up. shit came and no. they tried to get you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but so. And I think we were actually boyfriend and girlfriend in maybe second grade. Dang. I don't know. El- again, elementary school. This man so, had some courage though. He'd walk yeah. through the woods for you. Yeah, him and his friends walked through the woods to hang out with me and my friends. Wow. It's crazy. If only dads didn't weren't so protective, you know what I mean? Could have been a true love story. Uh, it could it might have been. They scared him know. off with his gun. I know. Non existent gun. I think all he did was say, Hey, the boys need to leave. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but there you go. That's my that's my first crush story. Jana, why you ask me about our crush? Yeah. So we are gonna set up today our series that we're gonna start on Sunday nights here in a couple weeks, where we are talking about romantic relationships. Uh-oh. Classic oasis. All college young adult students always want to talk about relationships. It's like the number one topic for this age demographic. So we've done it every year. We'll probably continue to do a relationship series every year. But this year we're going to do it a little bit differently. Um, And so our series is called Bad Blood. And so, Brennan, tell us a little bit about what is Bad Blood about. Well, first off, Bad Bad Blood is a song by T-Swift, which I cannot hear the sermon series title without thinking of of it. But I feel like that's part of – I kind of hints a little bit at where we're going at because yeah. T-Swift and her love life is bad blood. Like <laughs> she has been through it. She's she's put herself through yeah. it, like self-inflicted, also not great guys. Like, And so she it's sums up time. a little bit of what we're going to do here in this series is we're looking at the different stages of relationship from singleness to marriage yeah. and talking about kind of the dark side behind it. Like in each one of these areas, we love to lift up like – the best parts of it. Yeah. Like when I'm when I'm in a relationship, I want to look back to my singleness and think, oh, I had so much freedom. Yeah. When I'm single, I want to look forward to dating and think, oh, they have so they're never lonely. Yeah. And like when we're in marriage, we want to look back to the fun and the dating where where there was butterflies all the yeah, time and everything was exciting. You know, so we love yeah. to elevate uh, the 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 best parts of each mm-hmm. one of these, and we downplay what can be the dark side. Yeah. You know, the hard part, and so. The point of this is just to kind of chat through some of those things. Yeah. And because they're real, you know, and we want people to be aware that when you're going through these seasons of life, you're not alone when you feel these things. You're not alone if you struggle with this, and it doesn't have to be this way. Yeah. And so that's where the series is kind of coming from. Yeah. Rather than just telling you, hey, this is how God <laughs> wants you to date, or this is what it means to be single for, like, for Christ. Yeah. Single for Christ. <laughs> single for Christ. <laughs> Can I get that stitched on a t shirt? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> new merch, new Oasis yeah. merch. That's hilarious. Uh, 
But <laughs> instead of just preaching those messages, we're going to switch it up. Yeah. You know? So we're going to still bring you romantic relationships. You're still going to learn something. And, and you're still going to learn something about each and every face. Yeah. Because one thing I feel like people can zone in and out depending on they only want to listen to what yeah. they're in currently. Mm-hmm. So if someone's single, they don't really want to hear about dating. Or yeah. like if someone's dating, why would they need to hear about singleness? Because for sure, they're going to be dating this person forever, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the beauty of a relationship series, especially one like this, is not only will it help you in whatever season, but it's going to help you in any changing season, and it's going to help you love the people around you who maybe are in different seasons. Yeah, that's so good. Cool. Well, why don't we um, take just a second and kind of talk about these dark sides? So would you outline for us like those main relationship statuses that we're going to be talking about and then kind of address what some of those struggles are and some of those dark sides. And we'll mm-hmm. obviously in this series go into more depth, For but sure. maybe give a little sneak peek into what people can expect. Yeah. So we're going to start with singleness because it's a great place to start because yeah. you and you were born, <laughs> you were born single. And uh, some of us will live single our whole lives, which praise be to God. We'll talk yeah. about that, like what it means to to be single your whole life. And so we'll move through there to dating. And dating is this cultural uh, idea that we've mm-hmm. inherited as people of young adults, you know, cult dating only has existed for a little over a hundred years, which kind of blows people's minds when they're like, what? Like this thing that we now put all of our stock in yeah. to find a mate was not actually the way it was for most of human history. Yeah. And then people get confused because they're like, yo, the, I was reading through uh, <laughs> Mark and I didn't see Jesus talk about dating at all because like, dating exist. didn't exist. <laughs> And so Jesus yeah. didn't speak into it because it wasn't a thing. And so if he were to come back today, I think he would. He probably, I think yeah. He, I think he definitely would. But after dating, uh, we're going to go into engagement, but only for this podcast, really. Yeah. It might seek a little bit into uh, the dating or the marriage one, but this series is only going to be three weeks, the Bad Blood series. And so we're going to cover single, dating, and marriage. And so engagement will kind of get jumped over. But I don't want you to, to think that's because it's not important. So if you're listening to the podcast, yeah. if you've tuned in, you actually get like a little nugget of uh, yeah. information on engagement. Extra content. Yeah, extra content <laughs> that you wouldn't get if you just come to the series. Yeah. And so we'll talk a little bit about engagement here, just Jane and I, and then we'll finish with marriage. Uh, what is the uh, – how do I want to phrase this? What is usually the ending spot of most people's relationship status? Okay, yeah. I think that's what I want to say. All right. Unless you're like widowed. Yeah. Or divorced. Or you never get married. But those are small percentages <laughs> in the graph. Yeah. Let's get to something positive. Okay, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what what are some of the, the struggles of singleness? Hmm. We can we get back and forth this one okay, too. Yeah. And I don't like Jenna and I have had conversations like this before where it's not just because you're in a season doesn't mean yeah. you epitomize or speak for everyone in that season. Yeah. Um, so that's not what you have to do, and <laughs> we'll talk about that. But I am not single, yeah. and so it is a little bit harder for me to to speak into some of that, and that's where the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit comes in. You know, like when we're prepping a series and we're talking about what it means to be single, the Holy Spirit is guiding me in my words and my teaching, yeah. and so I don't Absolutely. have to rely just on my own knowledge or, 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 or past history. But some of what what the difficulties I see of singleness are like loneliness. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like this is a huge dark side of singleness is that like people just feel lonely. Mm -hmm. They feel like they don't have anybody. They don't feel like they've got someone to confide in, someone to do life with. Yeah. And so that's going to be a dark side of it or like comparison. 
Mm-hmm. When you're in a dating relationship, we can become, <laughs> this is weird, but we can become more like self-absorbed. Okay, and yeah. so we think more about us and the other person we're with. But when we're single, there's not always that person to consume our thoughts. Yeah. And we think about ourselves all the time. Anyways, that's mm-hmm. what it means to be a fallen human and to struggle with selfishness. But in singleness, it's really like heightened yeah. because there's not someone else to think about. And so you spend time comparing your mm-hmm. singleness or your your lack of relationship to everyone else around yeah. you. Uh What do you think? Anything to add on those two? Yeah. I mean, another big one that I've experienced and that I hear from single people too um, is just this can be summed up in the word of like a lack of fulfillment. And Mm. so, and that stems from how our culture looks at dating and relationship status is like you're incomplete until you have the other person, you know, the one that completes you. And I'm doing air quotes of like, that's kind of how our culture looks at it. And so that that's what we're ingrained into. And so if you're single, then it's like, well, you're not, complete or you're not full or and you can get back into comparison of like well there's something wrong with you if you're not dating Mm. you know or people don't like you or x y or z and then often sometimes out of that stems um like a doubt in god of like god why would you not provide someone for me or why um did this relationship not work out or you know x y and z Mm -hmm. um so yeah those are some of the big ones i would add to yeah for sure and there's that's real yeah i mean people and that's why it's like when we do a podcast like this or when we preach the messages none of these stay in this state. You know, like we don't want to just drop these sadness bombs on you where it's like, here's all the sucky parts of what people struggle with in singleness. Mm -hmm. And it's like, all right, cool. Should we move on? (laughs) Like, no, in each and every one of these, there's lies and deceit and there's trickery that Satan's doing Mm -hmm. to suck you into those when God is actually trying to give you something better. And so that's what this series is about. It's, hey, these are the dark, dark sides, but there is hope, there is light, there is freedom, there is healing in who Jesus is always for all things. Yeah. And so that's true of singleness. If you can't yeah. wait for the series, uh, go read 1 Corinthians 7. You can see what Paul teaches on singleness, and that yeah, will give you a good. snippet of hope as well. That's good. That's good. You want to keep going through yeah, the different categories? Yeah, all right. Rolling. So the second one will be dating. What are some of the dark sides of struggles? Ooh, dating. I mean, is there anything good there? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, dating is hard. It is hard. And... I find the hardest part of dating when I speak to people um, and when I experienced it, because uh, you just heard when I did it in elementary school, it didn't get much better through high school. So uh, I have worse reasons than she played the violin, probably, for why I broke up with people. Uh, but dating is, nobody nobody teaches us how to date. Yeah. And so, and if your parents did, I hope they did. And if they did, they probably didn't know themselves. Yeah. And so it's hard to really teach someone how to date in a biblical way because, one, the Bible doesn't speak directly into it. Mm-hmm. And then, two, it's it's new. And yeah. so, I mean, people are like, oh, it's 100 years old. But it's relatively That's, new. Yeah. Like it's one generation or a generation and a half. They say it's like 100 to 140 years old mm-hmm. um, removed from its origins. And so we're still trying to figure this thing out and technology's getting added in and mm-hmm. covid's getting added in yeah. <laughs> and so like we're really confused yeah. on what it means to date and things are changing around us and we can't even get our feet under us and so there's a lot that stems from that but really like the dark side of dating is the fact that we don't know how to do it yeah there's just we are trying at and the hard part <laughs> about trying to date well is when we we fail to do that is there's not just a statistic or uh, 
a learning curve on the other side, but it's a person. Yeah. And so those people on the other side of us who are at the the mercy or expense of us trying to learn how to date or were that person who's been on the the other side of someone else who's trying to yeah. figure it out and it's just it's messy and it's mm-hmm. hard and there's so much feelings involved and there should be. Yeah. But yeah, there's very little direction that our people have been given to kind of cling to in the midst of what they're walking through. Yeah. I mean, that feels like the almost the darkest one. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it has a lot of dark spots. Um, and I liked the way you explained that it was a pretty kind of general overview, and then you'll be able to get into more specifics in that. Yeah, and I mean, obvi- obviously, like, I think purity plays a yeah. huge role in it. Like, if you date with purity, your relationship from the get-go. Like, I'm not talking just, like, oh, if you, if you happen to get married. Like, if you date with purity, if you happen to break up, your breakup in the post stress the post healing of that will be so much easier if you started and continued in purity if you don't have to know that they know all of the like (laughs) you know all the stuff like if you yeah i'm telling you purity balancing life and relationships what it looks like to date with autonomy that you two while you're dating are still two individual people the bible speaks of when you're married the two become one Mm -hmm. but in dating you're You're not not. yeah and so the autonomy and the changing uh shifting seasons of life we're in that Mm -hmm. it feels like we need to date as if we were one but that's not what we're meant to do yeah and so yeah you the list goes on and on but we'll get into that yeah so then how about we we switch and we go into that extra little nugget of info let's go engagement yeah oh engagement i find so i find this is the worst season (laughs) okay all right maybe that's personal opinion i feel like i can probably get a lot of people to agree with me if i got to explain my whole point but dating has this newness, this mm. wonder, this excitement that has all the feelings. And my stance is you need to date as fast as you can, but as slow as you must. That's Ben Stewart's quote. And you I need to date? Date okay. as fast as you can, but as slow yeah. as you must. And that's this quote he talks about when it says, as fast as you can, ask intentional questions, yeah. uh, meet each other's families, hang out in community, really learn as much as you can about their character and who they are as a person as fast as you can because mm-hmm. that will save you heartbreak. That'll save yeah. you time. That, that That's the way you should do it. But also do it as slow as you must because you realize that all of those questions can't always just be answered in one sitting yeah. at the table. Mm-hmm. Like To learn someone's character, you need to see them function in different seasons of life when they're happy and when they're sad, when they're stressed and when they're relaxed. You need to see them interact with family and friends and so all of these things. And so... I would believe if you've answered all of your questions, checked all the box, if you're a community around you will affirm it and say, hey, we believe that this is where God is leading you and we believe in your relationship with this person, you should get married. Yeah. Like if you're 20 and your community, <laughs> and I'm not kidding, like if your community around you, they know you well enough and says, hey, you're ready for this yeah. and they're willing to speak truth because there are so many 20-year-olds who are not ready to yeah. get married but there are some, if they've dated right, if they've answered the questions, and if they have the maturity as people mm-hmm. are, can do it. But there's also some 28-year-olds yeah. who they aren't ready yet, yeah. and they have not matured, and they have not dated correctly. And so their community around them needs to be God speaking to them, saying, hey, this, yeah. isn't, you, this isn't for you yet. Mm-hmm. So if your community, if all, that, if all the boxes are checked, you shouldn't date for 10 years. Yeah. Like you, you, should get, you shouldn't date for, I would probably say, over three or four years. like, and, and, and again, it's different for everyone, but I feel mm-hmm. like that's a general guideline. It's just an idea or a number to throw out to kind of space it. 
But by, by that time, you should have your questions answered and your community should know you well enough. And so yeah. then you enter into this engagement. And the engagement, the reason I'm talking a lot, but the, it's fine. the engagement is the period where you're no longer dating. You've kind of not lost, but you've probably dated long enough where you don't have that initial jitter. Yeah. When And, and, and people are like, you don't know what love is. No, <laughs> I know what you're talking about. You're still excited to see them and there's a, yeah. a, a longing for them, but you don't just have like the nervousness yeah. feeling. Like there's not the the excitement. The two of you mm-hmm. have begun to live life together. There's a comfortability. Yeah, that's for, yeah. for sure. Like it's become more normal mm-hmm. is what engagement does. But you're not yet married. Yeah. And so you're waiting for... All the perks that marriage brings, <laughs> like living together, you yeah. know, like that's probably a piece of the dark side of engagement is so many couples move in together, yeah. which I would say, and I think statistically shows is terrible advice hmm. that couples who live together before they're married actually have higher rates of divorce and breakup than couples who don't. And so when, when we're waiting for marriage in this engagement se- uh, season, like we're putting off living together, we're putting mm-hmm. off sexual temptation we're putting off maybe getting to see them every day or live in the same city like there's these different things that come into play that we don't yet have not have because we're not yet one flesh we're not yet Mm -hmm. married the covenant has not been agreed but yet we're not dating and so you're in this in between really longing for what's ahead but not yet that not there yet and so yeah i find it's real tough real tense season yeah (laughs) and it's great yeah like i don't want to down i don't want to tell you (laughs) Like, people are going to be like, oh, man, Brennan hates engagement. (laughs) No, sorry. Yeah. I actually had a great engagement, and I thought it was fun. There's a lot of wedding planning. There is so much excitement, and, like, you're so close to becoming uh, Mm -hmm. the couple or the family you want to be. And so it isn't a bad season. Yeah. But it's the worst. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, and that's right now we're addressing the dark side of it. For sure. Not saying that the there's not a good side of yeah, it but yeah. good point yeah good point so yeah. even if they're like wow they're getting really dark that's kind of the point <laughs> but so here's, yeah. a, here's a snippet for advice if you ever get engaged out there get engaged and get married as quickly as humanly possible <laughs> and be like what you need at least a year to plan a wedding no you don't no you, don't. <laughs> no, you no you do not that is a lie <laughs> People who need a year or two years or three years to get married, it's because they have things on their checklist of what it means to be married Mm. that I don't think God does. Mm. Like they're holding too tight to their venue. They're holding too tight to every single little detail and the dress and the flowers, but it's not what a wedding is. That's not not why you're there. You know, there's a cool things. Like those are exciting things. I'm not saying throw out all the details, but you can get married in a lot less than a year. I've seen people do it in two months. Yeah. Plan a whole (laughs) wedding. And get married in two months. Two I've months. seen people do it in three months. Mm-hmm. I've seen people and have do it in nice weddings. Nice too. weddings. Yeah. No problem. You would never have any idea that they only planned it for six weeks. Yeah. And it went off without a hinge. But our culture yeah. and Tell the stereotypical bridezilla and everything wants to teach you that it needs to be a year, at mm-hmm. least 18 months. And so why would you want to exist in this period where you don't yet have what you want for yeah. that long? Yeah. It's. I think it's just silliness. But just hurts. It hurts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. Why don't we keep going um, for sake of time? Not sure where we're at. But uh, the last <laughs> one, let's look at marriage. So there are dark sides no. to marriage. <laughs> I love my wife. We've been happily married for two and a half years, and there are no there dark go. sides. Wow, it's two and a half years. Two and a half years. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. We're like old. <laughs> We're like old. <laughs> no, we got married real young. Which, this doesn't feel like it's been that long. Which was correct cool. for us. 
Yeah. Our community around us said, yep, absolutely, that works. We dated well, and we had um, a lot of intentional time to answer those questions. And so yeah. we were young, and so we, we got married, and it's worked great. There you go. Two and a See? half years. But, yeah, I don't have anything to say here. Someone else? J- Jaina? <laughs> I can, yeah, I can talk about some of them. I'm kidding. I'll, I'll talk after she wants to. <laughs> yeah. I think the biggest one that I imagine you'll probably spend time on is that the dark side of marriage is obviously – and unhappiness that leads to divorce. And divorce is probably the biggest dark side. Um, And I don't know the statistics of how many marriages end in divorce, but I know that it's pretty high. Um, And so addressing some of that, addressing how um, to like continually pursue each other, um, that marriage, the wedding, isn't the destination, the final end point of this whole process, as some people want to lay it out, but that it's the beginning of an entire life of Mm -hmm. being together. So how do you continue to do marriage well? Um, And I mean, even getting into being on the other side of divorce, whether that's kids or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You're the one preaching it. So I know. (laughs) Uh, I think Ben's going to preach one of these, but I do do think I'm doing the marriage one. And so, yeah, the dark side of marriage is this idea, this looming and ever creasing reality of divorce. Yeah. And so it depends on the statistic you look at, but it's somewhere between 40 to 50% of marriages. Mm. And so, yeah, if if we were highballing it, half half of marriages end in divorce. If you're lowballing it, it's like 40%. Yeah. But that's a crazy statistic. And so mm-hmm. when we come to uh, people's expectations, they hear those statistics. Yeah. You know, like even if you can't exactly say it, you know it's higher than it should be. Yeah. And there, And we're at a point right now in our cultural makeup that there are very rarely and i want to say never but i'll I'll keep it at very rarely there are very rarely people who have not felt the effects of divorce Mm, yeah and i'm not talking just your parents like there are still plenty of parents who are together and happily Mm -hmm. married first marriages and stuff but even if it's not your parents like it might be your aunt and uncle it Mm -hmm. might be your grandma grandpa it might be your uh your your friend's parents like yeah we are so entrenched and covered in just the divorce statistics and the reality of that, that most people don't go through life not feeling the tension and the hurt yeah. that that causes. Mm-hmm. And so we want to talk about that. And this one I actually think is incredible because Scripture teaches a little bit on it. Yeah. And Scripture teaches a little bit more on the reasons to get divorced, but it plays a big part in what our how our culture is treating divorce. Mm. Because we see this dark side of marriage that people say, like, unhappiness looms and, like, you never get to be yourself Mm -hmm. or, like, you don't get to be self-fulfilled and all these different things that come with marriage. And so culture saying, well, yeah, like, just get a divorce if you're not happy. But the Bible teaches very explicitly on, like, hey, this is is the reasons you should get a divorce if these things happen. And uh, so we'll teach into a little bit of that and then we'll teach just some of the ramifications and, like, how do do we recover as people who have been scarred by divorce? That if your parents or your friend's parents or your grandparents, like, what fill in the blank, yeah. if you've been touched by divorce, how do we recover? Like, how do we continue to move on? How do we heal the scars and heal the wounds? How do we look towards our own romantic relationships, not with fear that, okay, I've seen it happen and I know it can happen again, but with faith knowing that God can do a work in me, he can heal me, he can prepare me, and I can be married well. Because yeah. it's possible. It's few and far between, but it's possible. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we're going to push into that. Yeah, that sounds good.
<laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, that's a general outline of what the series is going to look like. And, and Brendan already said that what's so significant about a lot of these struggles is that most of these are built on a lie um, that Satan uses to, um, to break down or to bring the bad into these seasons of life. And so um, our goal, our hope for the series is that it helps us as people to, to either prepare for or to live into these stages of relationship status um, and reveal these lies and and to live into the good of these mm-hmm. relationship statuses, um, but to be aware of what the bad can be and how to almost be proactive, I think, a little bit. For sure. Bit. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a battle being fought here, yeah. without a doubt. And there's a reason college students and young adults want these questions answered yeah. so consistently. It's mm-hmm. why it's the number one thing we get asked about is because this is really precedent for our people. Yeah, for And sure. they're being attacked heavily in this mm-hmm. area, and they're feeling those wounds, and they're feeling the hardship of this. Yeah. And so I'm pumped to be able to yeah. even bring the dark side to the, to the light here and to combat mm-hmm. and to come at something that Satan's trying to do in our people yeah. when the Lord is trying to bring redemption and healing. and re- It's going to be so mm-hmm. dope. Yeah. So we're going to start yeah, the pumped. series on the 23rd, and so that'll be the Sunday after this podcast comes out. Yeah. And it is our spring kickoff. So if you are anywhere in Brookings or in the Brookings surrounding area, or if you want to drive from Sioux Falls or somewhere around, like we have people who will do that. We're going to do pizza and ice cream and stuff at 7 o'clock, and then the series that will kick off at 8 with yeah. our Sunday night, and it is going to be powerful. It's going to be incredible. You need to invite every single person. I'm already <laughs> yeah. sending invites for a spring kickoff today. I sent Let's a couple go. because I need you there. I need all the people there. We want every single person who's ever come to Oasis or thought about Oasis or heard of Oasis <laughs> to be at Oasis on spring kickoff because it's going to be awesome. Yeah. And God's got a word for his people. So... Yeah, pumps. Three weeks after that, Three and weeks. then we'll be chugging along with the rest of the semester. Kind of crazy. That's awesome. Yeah. All Sweet. Right. I think that's all we got today. That's it. Peace out. So we'll see you later. Like and subscribe. Subscribe.